Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Sarah. Today, we are joined by Rebecca Pope of RMP Chicago Events and Robin Lytle of the Lytle House via our first post-hiatus official Zoom podcast. We, like all of you, have been following the stay-at-home orders, so this is a new experience. Rebecca Pope has worked in a variety of events, hospitality, and customer service positions for the last 23 years and has a thing for weddings. Founded in 2018, RMP Chicago Events provides wedding planning, design, coordination, and officiating services, and proudly celebrates everyone's right to love and marry. In 2015, wedding photographers Robin Lytle and her wife Michelle transformed a former auto body garage into a secret garden and premier event space. Located at 5517 North Broadway, the Lytle House is 2,800 square feet of indoor-outdoor space with high ceilings, exposed brick, and concrete floors. It has called itself home to weddings, rehearsal dinners, baby showers, corporate events, photo shoots, and also Robin and Michelle and their two children, all who reside on the second floor. Welcome, Rebecca and Robin. Uh, we wish we were with you in person today, but it is so good to be with you in this way and to hear your voices. Thank you so much for joining us during um, you know this this strange time. How are you both today? I'm good. I'm good in there. Same here. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Good. Well, we'd love to start the podcast with you just telling us a bit about yourself and your background. Uh, Robin, can we start with you? Sure. Uh, so Michelle and I bought the building that is now the Lytle House um, in 2016, and we worked about a year to convert it into our live workspace. Um, we mostly host small weddings and most of, I love that most of our clients are super local. They like love the idea of being able to walk past the place where they got married and even walk to their wedding. So I love that they like to get a lot of local vendors involved. So it just feels like every wedding we host, we're working with our neighbors. Um, and yeah, we live upstairs. So another great thing about this business is we always talk about how the, our whole home is just full of such good energy, like just hosting these happy events and getting to witness, you know, people sharing this, you know, crazy significant moment with us every single weekend. Um, I feel like when you walk into the space, you can just kind of feel the good energy all around. And I feel like you and Michelle have become such staples in um, our community. And I, I can remember the day that I was working in Harry Osterman's office and you walked in and said, we have this idea to buy the auto garage next door. <laughs> um, and it just feels like you've been here forever. But can you just share with us a little bit about, um, you know, how you, if you're from Chicago or how you kind of found Edgewater Andersonville? Yeah, so Michelle and I, we first moved in together, our first apartment together in Andersonville. Um, it was, I guess it was like almost 13 years ago now. So we've always loved this neighborhood and we have been photographers together. I joined Michelle's business um, maybe six years ago. So I was photographing with her. Um, and we always had this dream of owning a venue and living above it. And we were open to looking you know, in any neighborhood where we could find that zoning, which is a little bit difficult to find. But um, one day we were on a evening jog together, um, which sounds funny because we actually don't work out or run at all. <laughs> but it was like our annual jog and we jogged past this auto garage. And yeah, we 
walked in and it was for sale by owner and he immediately showed us the space and it was the perfect location just situated you know between Andersonville and Edgewater and the lakefront and we had seen so many buildings at this point but when we walked in we were both just looked at each other and we're like we did not even want to let on to the seller how excited we were about it and we walked out um and yeah we were just it couldn't have worked out any better we were just so thrilled with the location and just the whole vibe of the place and what was the the renovation process like i you know the space is amazing it's just beautiful we had yeah. it was at the board retreat there sarah what did we have there yeah where i got to enter into it for the first time and you know you don't know what you're happening upon when you pull up um and it just is continually breathtaking, um, everything about it. So I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to hear more about um, kind of how you went about the process, how long it took, um, how you went about choosing the finishes and adding kind of like the special touches and the you and me on the floor and that sort of thing. Right, yeah. So we, the, the auto garage, it had a lot of interesting character inside and a lot of history that, I mean, the owner who was in it at the time when we walked through, he had a working auto garage, but he was really doing a lot of, um, I was going to choosing between the word hoarding or collecting, but he had a lot of just auto parts and broken down cars. And he would, so much of it was just covered up, but we could like see, you know, original brick peeking through behind all of his shelving. And we saw these original windows and just all these elements that just being visual people they really just stood out to us and we saw how we could work off of them um we had originally been looking for a building that maybe needed just a tiny little bit of creativity put into it and like some color schemes and this turned out to be a massive project so it took a, a full year to convert it um and it was a complete gut rehab so it has new everything um including foundation which was actually our only surprise because they pretty much said we're not going to come across any surprises because you're going to be left with four brick walls and um, you're going to get new everything but then the one surprise was needing new foundation too and that's where the we have a little you and me plaque in the floor um, we tried to just use this as an opportunity to mount some something flush in the floor um, and <laughs> use it like when else do you get this opportunity unless you're pulling out foundation so a lot of people have their first dance around that or they put their little sweetheart table at the foot of the little you and me plaque. Um, but yeah, a lot of the design, we just wanted to keep it pretty simple and work off of what we could salvage during the gut rehab. So we kept a lot of the original brick and we just whitewashed it. We kept some of the unique metal, metal beams and just metal features that um, were there originally. Um, and so we just tried to play off of the, industrial minimalist vibe of it so when people walk through we always tell them you can you can work off of what we have and really do as much or as little as you want we have this colorful courtyard that um you know you don't need to go crazy with flowers and decor unless you want to and that works well too but our goal is to pretty much make weddings and events a little bit easier um you know, work with like a great local team of vendors and just pull together this event where it, you don't have to get so stressed about all the planning. You can invite, focus on inviting your favorite people, um, getting good food, good drinks, and you can have a great wedding that way. So we really wanted to just focus on making things a little more streamlined and a little easier um, for people who are 
getting a little overwhelmed by planning. I know Rebecca probably has experience with a lot of overwhelmed couples trying to find a starting point. Yeah, and Rebecca, can you uh, share with us how you arrived at your profession and in this area? Absolutely. So I have always had um, events and planning and organization in my blood, um, <laughs> not always for myself, but for the people around me. Um, my parents um, were entrepreneurs um, pretty early on, so I was lucky to be raised in that environment where you can pretty much do anything that um, that you find your passion in. And so, um, you know what, working through service industry jobs, hospitality, um, retail, office jobs, everything, I, I always was pulled back to specifically events, um, did a lot of uh, work with um, the University of Iowa. I was actually um, event manager there and office manager, and we did weddings and graduations and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, worked briefly in River North with a dance studio that did weddings and, and fun events as well. And then found myself for the, the past six years or so doing corporate events in downtown Chicago. Um, and the whole time I, you know, I, I really loved building that vendor team and taking care of, you know, the, the guests, the, the guest experience, being able to surprise and delight everyone that's participating from, you know, invitation to, you know, send off whatever that looks like. Um, but I missed weddings. I really did. I missed um, the couples and I missed their stories and I missed having that, that caliber of relationship. So um, in 2018, I decided, you know, you know, take the leap, let's do this. So I, I launched my website and since then have been building business here in Chicago. Um, my husband and I are originally from Iowa, actually, um, but I was born in Illinois. And so we quickly found our way back um, to Chicago in 2013. And we lived in a couple different neighborhoods, but Pretty much from the time we got to Chicago, we were drawn to Andersonville um, and Edgewater community just because, you know, it's so close to the lake. It's such a vibrant community. There's so much going on. And, you know, as, as my company has matured, I'm extremely grateful for, you know, such a vibrant um, chamber, for one. <laughs> you guys do incredible work um, supporting the business around you. And um, all the individuals that are a part of this community, either, you know, actually situated here or that just to visit and support us it's it's a really incredible experience so for me you know working out of my home on Sheridan and the lake um, I get to claim the city as my office and that's a really nice privilege so I get to meet my clients at Lost Larson for a cup of coffee and I get to meet them you know walking down Clark Street like let's figure out what your wedding looks like but let's have fun doing it <laughs> to Robin's point mm -hmm. let's not lose our minds about this and um you know, top priority is whatever your priority is, you know, to some couples it is their guests and to some couples it is the food and, and it's really fun sort of investigating that and helping couples articulate what, what they're looking for in their big day. And how did you um, first meet Robin and Michelle from the Lytle House? Can you talk about that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, we met through mutual friends, oh gosh, in like 2009. Um, and yeah, we, we became friends and then we started dating and then we moved in together in Andersonville. So we have a long history. We started as friends and then started dating and then got married and now have two kids and a business and <laughs> do everything together. It seems lately. <laughs> and Rebecca, when did you first meet them? When did you first have your first work um, experience at the, at the Lego house? 
Yeah. So actually last year, um, what's really great about Chicago and the you know event industry is that a lot of us are very much community over competition. So I was assisting another wedding planner um, with a wedding that was at the Lytle House. And so I met Robin on site and basically said, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm assistant coordinator today. Let's, let's get to know each other. And Robin was amazing. She was super patient with us and accommodating the couple that we got married that day was fabulous. Um, and it was really a treat to be in that space. Like you said, Laura, it's just, you have no idea what to expect. And when that door opens, it's this perfect little urban oasis. It's really great. So definitely fell in love with the space. Definitely fell in love with the fact that I can walk there in three minutes. <laughs> it's really nice to have this jewel in my backyard. Um, and yeah, just love Robin and Michelle dearly. And, you know, always looking forward to, um, to all the future events that we'll work together on. You know, and we've kind of entered into this um, very difficult time. And uh, with most businesses, the COVID-19 pandemic has hit the wedding industry incredibly hard. Um, can you talk about a little bit about what you're kind of going through now? Um, maybe how many weddings you would have helped plan during this time and, and um, what the shift is, is has been like? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to articulate what it is that we're going through. I have um, a little bit of luxury in that, you know, I'm still building my business um, and I, I would have probably about 20, 25 weddings where I would be um, planning or officiating or coordinating or assisting on. And there's, you know, there was one wedding in January. I assisted um, lovely Olive Fine weddings and events with, and it was fabulous. And we haven't had a single wedding since. And it's so heartbreaking because we know there are couples out there that have had dates that have come and gone. Um, and it's really, it's, uh, it's driven me to pivot hard and, and figure out where couples are now and meet them there. And that's why this relationship with Robin is just so exciting because, you know, they have such a, an exciting space that's intimate and already geared towards couples that have their priorities straight and, and already have their, their, you know, their guest list and their expectations at, you know, a manageable level. And so for me to be able to specifically reach out to couples that they're looking for a solution, they're looking for a way to get married this year. And legally we could sign the paper and say a couple words and it could be done. But in the partnership, the Lytle house, we can offer them so much more than that. We can make it feel like a real wedding. We can make it feel official <laughs> and not just like they're, you know, pulling up at a desk, signing some paper and walking away. So this is a struggle um, for a lot of us, but we're, we're excited about the innovation that's coming out of it. And um, we're of course, you know, being cautiously optimistic about the future right now, we're, we're looking at, you know, gatherings of under 10 and that, that can feel restrictive to couples who have, a guest list of 200. But in some cases, um, they're coming around to the idea of, again, prioritizing the actual marriage in 2020. And so we're looking to serve them in the best way possible and support them in that. And then, you know, continue the conversation to figure out what does a micro wedding with 50 guests look like when that's safe? And what does your possibly postponed wedding in 2021 look like? That's such a great um, kind of look into how you have pivoted so quickly and have had to. Um, Robin, can you speak a little bit to just, um, I know it's probably a lot of the same answer, but given that your, your business and your industry is so seasonal and you're really, we've already entered what would have been kind of your busiest season. Um, how has it been adjusting for the Lytle House? Yeah, we have, you know, we have a mixture of clients right now. So people who had their weddings canceled in March, not canceled, postponed 
in March, April, May, pretty much through July at this point. So, and people want to, I don't know, I guess they want to handle that in different ways. Some people, like Rebecca said, they still want to feel like they can keep their original date and have this small private ceremony with, you know, just immediate family and maybe less than 10 guests, um, and then go on to have a bigger celebration in 2021. Um, there's some people who, you know, they just, they just can't even think about the, the wedding planning right now. And they just want to cancel everything for now. And they plan to start over again. It, it's, it's just heartbreaking to talk to these people who have put, you know, everything into planning this for a year and had an, a vision for what they wanted. And they, the hardest part is just not knowing when they can have that. So one reason I really, you know, loved the idea of partnering with Rebecca is because for the people who do want to move forward and do something and keep their original date, um, you know, and they already have their marriage license and they're ready to go. They, we've, Rebecca's just found a way to package together, um, just a small elopement package that lets it still feel like a special day, like, you know, that you're not showing up and just signing papers and you're married. Um, you know, there's still photography involved. There's still um, a toast and some cake and like a little cel mini celebration. And it, I guess it's just a way to kind of take any of any more decision-making and hard decisions um, out of their hands and just, tell them that this is an option and this is something that you can do and still have your date and celebrate. And then whether they go on to have a bigger celebration later on and expand it to their guest list, maybe they will, but other people, I feel like, you know, they're happy with this option and they're just happy to um, be married and have it feel like it's still a special day. And you're referring to the little elopement project. Can you just quickly kind of describe exactly what that, what that means and what that is for people? If right. they you know, might be interested and might be finding themselves in that place of feeling paralyzed. How do I move forward? What right. this, this option entails? Yeah, I'll let Rebecca jump more into that. But pretty much right now, our, we have been, you know, pointing people in this direction because it's our only option um, to just do these smaller celebrations, something similar to going to the courthouse to get married. Um, but, you know, in a bit of a prettier environment with something that's a little bit more, um, has a little more details and thought put behind it. So I'll let Rebecca jump more into the elopement package, but that's pretty much where our space has had to pivot to just these smaller celebrations and smaller ceremonies right now. So to just add to that, uh, the Elidal uh, elopement package is meeting couples where they are right now. So we, um, we've built this package around what we think the priorities are of the couples that are currently looking for options. So um, like Robin said, we have um, an hour rental at the Lytle house. We have our photography. We're allowing right now six guests um, based on assuming you need an, an officiant and a photographer in the site. Um, that's within that 10 gathering, uh, 10 person gathering restriction at the moment. We're again, optimistic that that will go up soon. Um, it includes myself as your elopement planner and then ordained officiant as well. And if you have someone that you want to marry you instead, and maybe they've never done that before, happy to um, consult and happy to kind of coach that friend or family member through that process of getting ordained, uh, ceremony, script, even the marriage license thing right now is tricky because everything's virtual and we're having some success applying for couples and getting them those marriage licenses. So including all of that, because that is just a huge headache to, to navigate. Um, we're also going to include some simple personal flowers. So bouquets or boutonnieres, corsages. Um, maybe they just want a table arrangement that looks nice for photos and then they can take it home with them. Whatever, whatever fits the couple. 
Um, and then also a sweet treat and a champagne toast because you've got to be able to pop a bottle of champagne for that picture. You've got to be able to clink some kind of glass, you know, and then, um, you know, something to, to nibble on. We'll do, you know, cupcakes or cookies or whatever the couple is looking for to share. Um, so right now we are, you know, in the process of sort of piloting this. We want to make sure that it's viable. We want to make sure that this is, this is where the couples are and this is what they're looking for. Um, so we're, we're excited. We've seen some amazing stories come through with inquiries already. And I, I texted Robin this morning. I was definitely not crying, Robin, but there was an amazing inquiry that came in. And it's just these couples are so heartfelt about wanting to get married. And that's what this is all about. And I think it's going to force the industry and communities at large to sort of pare down and reprioritize what, what means the most to them at the end of the day. You know, it might not be the 400 person ballroom. It might be your 10 closest family and friends and making it all official. I think I just, that's the thing that I love the most about this project um, that you two have teamed up on is that it is keeping something so special about that moment for people um, and doing it in a way that feels really meaningful and special and significant and unique. And I think that that is already kind of what the Little House can bring to people's events and weddings. So um, I just kind of want to want to kind of say that because if you're listening to this podcast and you know of somebody who is experiencing a loss of some sort of event that is significant to them in this season, I mean, really consider this. Um, it just, it, it feels like with you both, people are in such good hands to, um, you know, be able to keep some sort of semblance of that special feeling. So I'm just, I'm really, um, it's, it's really wonderful to hear that. And that's a good point too, just to bring up real quick, Robin and I have had discussions about availability. And while some couples are completely shifting everything to 21 and it's freeing up some dates come late summer and fall 2020, some couples are holding on. Maybe they only had a 50 person guest list. And so they're hopeful that in the fall that will be allowed. So we really want to help couples and as many as we can to get through this. Um, so it's important that, you know, when inquiries come in that you remain flexible. One of the easiest ways for couples to pivot right now and still have, you know, their vendor team or still find a venue that they're in love with for their elopement, micro wedding, whatever, is to be open to weekdays because, you know, Robin and I aren't going to do a lot of weddings on a Tuesday, but we might this fall, we might this summer. Um, and I think, you know, couples being able to sort of accommodate um, and understand that when you wake up on your wedding day, you're not going to think that it's a Tuesday off shucks. You're going to think, oh my God, I'm getting married. <laughs> this is my wedding day. This is incredible. So we're trying to find ways to help couples as best as possible. Um, and, you know, if that looks like doing multiple brief elopements in a single day with proper cleaning in between, we're kind of navigating that right now to see what it feels like. But we're we're trying to help as many couples as we possibly can. And like you were mentioning before with the space itself and um, the, the kind of the backdrop that already exists with the Kites Over Edgewater mural that's painted outside, um, it's just a beautiful space to kind of, you know, you, you don't have, the couple does not have to do much in order to kind of go in and, and create a beautiful wedding for themselves, even if it's not uh, what they had kind of imagined when starting out the planning process. Right. With the right now, the courtyard is in full bloom. The ivy is crawling like crazy all over the fence and the brick walls, and our trees are just super lush. And it, yeah, it's it's hard because I know that this space. I mean, we had back to back weddings planned May through, 
um, end of October. So um, I definitely want to see people in here using all these different, you know, beautiful natural backdrops that you, you don't need to, you know, plan for, bring anything extra in. It's just kind of here waiting for them. Yeah. And as we're having this kind of conversation and I'm thinking about that space, you know, like I wonder, you know, are there ways people can rent out your space for, for kind of different activities than throughout the summer to kind of have a getaway when we can't really get away? Um, right now, I'm, you know, I'm, as people can start to gather in small groups, um, even, you know, if they're not planning a wedding, um, kind of what would that look like? Yes, actually. So some of our couples who have had to postpone their weddings and um, have picked completely new wedding dates, they actually gave us the idea. They, um, a few of them have reached out and asked, you know, can we still host a little private dinner just for the two of us on what should have been our wedding date? Um, so some of our clients have given us this idea. So we've started hosting private date nights right now. It's limited to two people, but um, soon it's going to be up to 10 people. You can have a private dinner and, you know, we're, we're keeping it pretty simple. It can be BYOB and you could just order in delivery and we let you in and you enjoy the entire space, just the two of you or, um, or we can help you add on catering and make it a little bit more of an event. But right now we're just focusing on our couples who want to do something special on what would have been their original wedding date. Um, but yeah, we're available for any weekday evening private date nights. I know Michelle and I, we used to go on a date night and pick a new restaurant in the area every other Thursday. So we're really missing our date nights. So it's a good way to kind of work around what's happening and support us and also just enjoy the beautiful space that would otherwise be getting enjoyed by so many right now. And just briefly to add on to that, when Robin mentioned these, you know, like secret garden date nights to me, I immediately thought of proposals too. It, mm -hmm. it might be surprising, but there are some, there are some people out there that might have a ring in their pocket and now they don't know what to do with it because, you know, you're, you're, you might be quarantined together. You might be quarantined apart, but there's an opportunity there to, again, sort of break the mold on what a traditional proposal looks like, whether it's big fanfare in the public park in front of people or whether it's just, you know, someone coming home to candlelit dinner and rose petals, you know, whatever your vibe is and anywhere in between, um, they, they have gorgeous space and we're happy to make it happen because, you know, it's important to us that people still celebrate the things that are important, like love, whether you're, you know, making an official commitment um, by proposal or um, elopement or, you know, just enjoying um, some new scenery and some fresh air. <laughs> You know, and Rebecca, when we talked before, you know, I didn't even think about, you know, having someone kind of consult with you about the proposal. Um, and I think that's so interesting. And I'm wondering, I'm curious as to like how many people you've kind of helped with their proposal. Sure. So we've been in conversations with a couple of different people, some locally in the community even, um, and a broader range too. people that, you know, they're coming to Chicago for vacation. And so they, they know like the top five landmarks, but they're looking for specific details on, can I actually get close to the Ferris field? Can I actually get close to the Chicago theater? You know, all of those iconic places. Um, and oftentimes I, I like to tell them about the hidden gems that they don't know about. They can always have a photo taken in front of those great places but you know some couples need they need that crab reaction they want they want the the flash dance um they want the um they want the flash mob um and some couples are very much like this is a private decision this is this is basically a conversation we knew was coming we just want to 
you know, give it a little, oomph, give it a little pizzazz um, so that it feels celebratory and feels official. So yeah, absolutely. We have, um, we have couples going to restaurants, we have couples going to Navy Pier and we have couples going to, you know, either their favorite um, neighborhood or if they're traveling in from out of town, maybe from the suburbs, they're going back to where they first met or where they went to school and really, really having a nice moment where they can get engaged. Well, I love that idea of the, um, the private events or private date nights. I think a number of us on this call are quarantine, quarantining with little ones. <laughs> and the idea of being in a space with my spouse alone um, sounds... I mean, or just, or just yourself alone. Like, I'm well, just <laughs> renting I mean, it out for myself. That's true. That's number one. <laughs> yeah, I should come up with the top priority. Time. Just for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes me think that at some point in the near future, everything might be okay, which is a good segue. Um, Robin, we wanted to ask you about the Everything Will Be Okay mural that yeah. you commissioned and installed. So that Everything Will Be Okay mural is located at 5524 North Broadway. It went up this past April as a message of hope to the community. Can you just tell us more about this project and um, also the Ladle House Art Initiative, which you and Michelle started in 2019? Right, yes. Yeah. So I cannot take much credit for this. This is really all of Michelle and her ideas. Um, she actually, so when this all started, um, she had recently found the Everything Will Be Okay mural, which started in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and she connected with the artist there and said, I love what you did here. Can I replicate this in Chicago? And he had said that he had actually been spending, his name is Jason Kofke, he had been spending the last 10 years traveling all over the world and installing this all over. So he had been all across Europe. He had been um, throughout China. He had been really all over the world installing these um, in all different sizes, large scale to tiny little, um, you know, just stickers stuck on lamp posts and stuff. But he'd been spreading this message for a long time. So he was thrilled that we had reached out and um, he gave us permission to replicate his artwork. And yeah, we got it up overnight and really we wanted to expand it into this phase two of the yard signs, which you've probably seen around the neighborhood. We're selling them um, at Pizzeria Roma right now. Um, but yeah, you can get a yard sign and it, that actually 100% of the proceeds goes to Care for Real. So really the, the whole idea behind the everything will be okay was just to put a positive message out there and not just for right now, but um, in talking to the original artist, he said, you know, he's been putting this up because he's found that people walk by it and, you know, you never know who it's going to speak to or what they're going through, um, you know, that day. But he just has found that the response has been that, you know, it cheers people up. It gives people some hope um, no matter what they're going through. So Michelle loved that. And especially during this time to be able to expand it to the yard signs, which we've raised now, I believe over $5,000 for Care for Real. So um, we're really happy with that. But the art initiative in general, we, yeah, we started that in 2019 and we started it with the Dolly Parton mural on our fence and Michelle and I donate a portion of our revenue every year to this initiative. We work with a nonprofit um, to, it's called the Overhead Project. So 
we donate a portion of our revenue to the overhead project and from there we can fund our art initiative. So we are on our sixth installation. I believe that everything will be okay with our sixth installation. So um, we have Charlie Brown down the street, I, I believe right above the alderman's office um, or right next to the alderman's office um, at Pasture and hidden around the neighborhood. We have a few, they're all listed on our website, but um, we did a little searching for different business owners and people who would, the hardest part has been just finding business owners who are willing to um, give us some, <laughs> some canvas to work with. So once we found them, we have a long list now, I think of like 25 buildings. So now we are just in the process of um, designing the artwork and um, finding ways to fund the installations. So we have to get back working so that we can start donating towards it. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing that work. I think to see that those everything will be okay signs around the neighborhood and to see yeah. that, around, that it was put up by a small business owner and a small business owner who's in, in an industry that has been hit as hard as it has been hit. I think it just goes to show the, um, the caliber of the small business owners in our neighborhood and like the good energy and the hope that you put out into our community all the time through the Lytle House. So it's really just so appreciated. Yeah, Nikki, we, we love this neighborhood. And when we moved here, one of the draws I felt like was I want to lit, we, you know, we were just owned the photography business at that, at that time. But one of the draws to the neighborhood was that there's so many small business owners. I mean, overwhelmingly in this neighborhood, it's just so, there's so much just locals, sole proprietors, just people who have just started their businesses from nothing and have grown into these staples in the, in the neighborhood. So that is what originally drove us here. And we've definitely been inspired by just so many of the places that we frequent and yeah, just becoming a part of this neighborhood and doing something for it. Um, I don't know. We, we just love it here. So we're happy to give back and um, we love hearing from people just you know, that just walking by a mural made their day, you know, or we have cameras outside, we see people dancing in front of Dolly all the time and <laughs> just doing funny poses. And we're like, if this makes anybody smile, you know, during a crazy time like this, um, you know, it's all worth it. So we're thrilled to be just involved in this community. I remember the first time I think I was on I think it was the maybe the district Instagram page or and the the owners of district um, over on Damon, I think live over there, or do a lot of their furniture uh, refinishing over yeah, in. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they photographed some pieces in front and I, and I didn't, I hadn't seen the Dolly mural before. And I just like had to go in search of this uh, mural. So that's kind of where I first saw it, but it, it, it does. I mean, I think, you know, I, I think people underestimate the value of, of public art and um, and the impact it can have, um, especially especially you know in a time like this, and um, you know when people are kind of searching for for hope and joy, um, kind of looking up and 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 seeing something like that really does help. Yes, and and you just brought up district. They actually put up their own little "everything will be okay" sign, so that's in their window too. They had a muralist install that too a little window painting version. That's awesome. Yes, we love them. <laughs> and Rebecca, how about for you, um, kind of living in the neighborhood, you know, how has the current situation impacted your relationship um, with the community? Yes, 
So there have been a lot of webinars, a lot of a lot of Zoom calls with the chamber that have been really great. Um, you know, I think not having brick and mortar space, um, I'm a little bit, um, I don't know how to articulate this, not having a brick and mortar space, I'm, I'm, I sometimes feel geographically um, distance from, you know, the strip on Clark. But what's great is that, you know, my husband and I can need a mental break and take a walk and one trip up and down, you know, through Andersonville. And we see all these shops that are doing their best to do what they can now and for the people that, you know, are supporting them. So seeing a socially distanced line outside of the coffee shop and seeing, um, you know, ordering books from women and children first and sending them to my sister in Iowa because she said she ran out of books to read, like just being able to support the people that we love with the local businesses that we love has been so rewarding. Um, and I know that, you know, as we, as we continue to look positively towards the future and being able to open up a little bit more that I'm sure we will all be in line, um, we'll be in line to celebrate these small businesses because like Robin said, a lot of us are also small business owners. So no, even though I don't have a front door that someone can come knock on and ask for, you know, wedding advice, (laughs) um, I'm here and I'm, I'm here to support people too. And, and I really love partnering with people in the community like Robin and, you know, looking forward to everything like Berwyn jewelry opening and Holly at honey and, and really just making sure that we're all connected um, you know, socially as human beings from one human to another, checking in on each other, making sure that we have something to look forward to, um, but also business to business, um, keeping the, the thriving district alive and, um, and well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I guess we, we, we normally kind of end our podcast by asking our businesses, you know, which, which business they would like to trade places with for a day and I you know I I kind of remove that question um for for this kind of for this podcast and this kind of you know pandemic that we're going through right now um but I was wondering if you both kind of had kind of parting advice to um to couples kind of looking to either get engaged or to you know get married at this time um you know, and kind of how this might kind of impact the weddings moving forward um, and the way we kind of look at marriage in general. I'll start. I think that, um, well, being a small event space, we are definitely focused on these just smaller events. Our, our max capacity is 80 guests. So the people who find us get married here are already kind of focusing on a smaller event with you know, 80 of their closest friends and family, um, and maybe looking to, maybe they have a smaller bit, smaller budget, or they want to, you know, splurge on some crazy things, but have a smaller guest count, but they're finding ways to make it work. Um, I think we're geared towards that. So I've been trying to find the silver lining in all of this. And I think that um, possibly people are going to be maybe scaling down their celebrations moving forward, but that doesn't mean that they're compromising on what they want. I think it's just really focusing on who are the people who are going to be in your life celebrating your 50th wedding anniversary. Those are the people you want at your wedding. So, you know, you're maybe curating your guest list a little bit more, um, finding a space that's a little bit more budget friendly and, you know, finding what things you want to splurge on and what things you want to cut back on. Um, Maybe just putting a little more thought into those things, but ultimately, you know, I, I really think that 
we're set up to offer something special to those people and to really streamline the process working with vendors like Rebecca and, you know, a lot of the people on our list are super local to the neighborhood. Um, whether it's, you know, where you get your cake or your DJ or your catering, um, any kind of entertainment, we're all in this neighborhood and we're all looking to just streamline this process for you and just make it so easy and special. So, um, and you know, the conversations I've had with Rebecca, we're just really kind of setting it up to let people know that right away, how we can step in and take things off their plate and, you know, run with their ideas and make sure that they have everything they want without compromising any, anything. So we're, we're ready to, you know, help as many people as possible, just like Rebecca, Rebecca had said. Yeah, to add to that, I would encourage people to take a breath. Um, I think that it's easy when you're planning a big wedding with lots of details and lots of guests to get a little carried away with impressing those guests and making sure that mom gets out of the day what she wants and making sure that the floral is perfect and everything. And, you know, in a normal time, that is perfectly okay but we're not in normal times anymore. So, you know, being realistic about expectations is really important. Um, and then being able to communicate those expectations. Ideally to a professional, if you have someone like a planner or a venue that has a really knowledgeable coordinator like Robin, um, someone that you can really lean on to help you because, you know, we're all having to stay um, super in the loop with what the restrictions on gatherings are looking like, what cleaning procedures are going to look like, all those little details that go into making sure that you have a successful and safe celebration. Um, but as far as like the details and, and getting overwhelmed with things like that, I think it's important to, um, to start small, um, start with your priorities and, and really, you know, only build in the directions that feel right for you. If you, if the last thing on your mind right now is music, that's okay. That's quite all right. If music has to happen, then talk to, you know, your entertainment provider. If you've already booked someone, you know, they might be able to commission a song for you and play it over Zoom or, you know, based on your guest list, you might be able to have a single violinist in the space and support, you know, a local musician in that way. There are a lot of options out there and it's easy to get a little lost. So we're here for you. We're here to celebrate with you. And um, we're, we're excited for what the future holds for all of your weddings and proposals and elopements. Thank you both for joining us today. I know that everybody is um, spread thin in a million different ways right now. So it's just, it's so great to hear from both of you. And um, I know it, it lifted my spirits today. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us. And we're very much looking forward to um, the Lytle elopement. And where can, can folks learn more information about that? Absolutely. So we're both sharing it on our social. Find us on Instagram. I am personally at RMP Shy Events. And my website is rmpshyevents.com. And if you add forward slash Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E hyphen elopement, you can get right to the inquiry form as well as a link back to the Lytle House's website. So you can check out their beautiful space as well. Yes, and you can find us on Instagram at The Lytle House, and our website is thelytlehouse.com. And um, yeah, you, I believe in our bio is linked to the direct website that uh, Rebecca just mentioned to apply for the elopement. And show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. We are also continuing to keep you posted on all the latest updates on the district and reopenings please visit andersonville.org backslash updates for ongoing COVID-related district news and business updates. Always Andersonville, the podcast is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. 
Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org. 